0: Welcome to our weekly energy update with Investec Head of Commodities Callum McPherson. Good morning, Callum. Good morning, Len. Brent rallied close to $95 per barrel last week, and the yes. International Energy Agency warned about the impact of Saudi cuts on price volatility. Can you tell us more about the International Energy Agency's report that was released last week?
1: Yeah, we're well, looking into the detail of their numbers. They have made damned revisions to their demand forecasts. Um, in 2024, numbers have been cut by 400,000 barrels per day. And then for this year, there have been uh, cuts of 300,000 barrels per day in the current quarter and 600,000 barrels per day in the fourth quarter. And certainly that... Fourth quarter adjustment is is quite a significant one by the standards of the I A. Meanwhile, on, on the uh, supply side, they've made some upward revisions to non-OPEC supply. So Q3 has gone up by 300,000 barrels per day and Q4 has gone up by 200,000 barrels per day. So this has led to significant downward revisions in the amount that the IEA estimates OPEC will need to balance the market, the so-called call on OPEC, obviously, if uh, so they're revising up their supply estimate and revising down and the demand estimate that those two things uh, compound one another, um, and so the the forecasts for the call on OPEC for Q3 have been reduced by 700,000 barrels per day to 29.3 million, and Q4 has been reduced by 800,000 barrels per day to 29 million barrels per day, which which is also seen now as the average for uh, 2024 as well. Now. So that's what uh, the uh, IE estimates that OPEC need to produce. What are they actually producing? Well, in August, they produced just under 28 million barrels per day. So that suggests a deficit of about 1.3 million barrels per day in Q3, 1 million barrels per day in Q4, um, if current production levels are maintained. So there's still a significant deficit, but uh, the, the previous report, uh, would have pointed to a deficit close to 2 million barrels per day. Now we're talking about something like a million barrels per day. So despite the headlines around this report, uh, where the media are very much latched on to this talk, but this warning about volatility, the report itself a- actually suggests uh, a much lower deficit than the previous one.
0: Given this revision, why is the market rallying so strongly?
1: Well, the IA has been steadily revising down its estimates on the call of OPEC for some time, as it uh, did seem to be looking a little over optimistic. Um, nevertheless, the market is in a deficit. There are plenty of signs that the physical market is tight. And uh, though that's been clear for some while, I think what has changed is the market has accepted that the Saudis are keen to keep the market tight. So I think this move we saw last week is largely a follow through from the Saudi decision to extend their cuts to the end of this year, rather than that it's some kind of reaction to the IEA report. It's also worth noting, though, that long dated U.S. crude prices are now at the highest level they've been since uh, last year. And that must surely start to be tempting for U.S. shale producers who, if they increase output and they can hedge at these uh, relatively attractive long dated prices then we we may soon start seeing them doing that and that is something that's going to worry the saudis and it does bring into question if the market continues to move higher whether the Saudis will start tapering those cuts
0: diesel and jet fuel prices are particularly strong though what is behind this
1: well another consequence of the saudi and russian supply cuts has been to change the balance of crude available in the market from uh, heavy sour crudes, which contain large amounts of uh, heavy things like fuel oil, uh, towards light sweet crudes, which tends to have higher proportions of uh, things like gasoline and so on. Um, And that's a challenge for Asian refiners that are well suited to processing heavy crude oil into jet fuel and diesel, so-called middle distillates. Um, And so another consequence of that has been an increase in in fuel oil prices um, because those Asian refineries can also uh, use fuel oil to crack uh, into middle distillates, uh, let's say the, the diesel, jet and gas oil. On the other hand, the light products like gasoline and, and naphtha are relatively well supplied, so their prices have fallen relative to crude prices, whereas jet fuel and diesel have increased very significantly compared to crude prices. And I think this tightness in the middle distillates is a particular concern as we head into the northern hemisphere winter because of their use for for space heating, particularly given that gas supplies are constrained in, in Europe and elsewhere in, in the world. Cold winter um, could lead to uh, high gas prices, and, and that could well feed through to an even tighter middle distillate market, and so price spikes could could feed through from the gas market in, into the diesel market to add on to the tightness we're already seeing.
0: And how are European energy markets looking at the moment?
1: Well, in spite of the significant disruptions to Norwegian gas output, uh, gas inventories across Europe have been increasing again, now 94 full, and Norwegian outages have started to ease a little, and that and that will continue over the remainder of this month. Um, It's also worth noting that weather forecasts that now stretch into the middle of October are suggesting quite a mild start to the heating season. Uh, So it could be that the challenge for the market over the next few weeks actually turns out to be that uh, storage is is getting rather full. So. Uh, you know, the outlook for the winter at the moment is is relatively good. There are perhaps some question marks though about the uh, the longer term picture for the for the UK power market, and, and and certainly the outlook has suffered a setback in the other week from the failure of the of the latest. Uh, Round of uh, contract for difference auctions, where the government auctions off fixed prices to to encourage renewable generation. Um, where of course the, the offshore wind auction failed to attract any bids at the strike price of 44 pounds per megawatt hour. Now that of course is in uh, 2012 prices, and when you apply the inflation uplift to that, and and continue to inflate up the the price at the based on, say, the Bank of England uh, inflation forecast, you find out that if you go five years or so forward, that that price ends up being um, going through the the, the baseload uh, power price here in the UK. And, and so the, obviously, if, if you need to increase the uh, the price in order for these the offshore winds to work, given that uh, inflationary pressures have, have made the cost of those uh, projects more expensive, it does bring into question whether the long end of the power curve is actually too low as well. So particularly, of course, if given that this auction has failed, and that is going to lead to a delay in this extra offshore uh, wind coming into the energy mix that we we will need in the future.
0: Thank you, Callum. We'll chat again next week. Thank you, Lan. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Investec's weekly energy update with Callum McPherson. If you'd like to discuss any of the contents of the podcast, drop Callum an email on callum.mcpherson at investtech.co.uk or visit investtech.com forward slash commodities. Until next time. Thank you.